Welcome to the Parental Leave Essentials podcast. If this is your first time you've joined us, great to have you listening. Every month, author and lawyer Catherine Brooks and I discuss aspects of going on leave and returning to work, and we hope make your parental leave experience just that little bit easier. So this month, we're joined by a special guest and journalist and author, Megan Blanford, who's going to share with us her thoughts on parental, well, her own parental leave experience and extracts from her new book, I'm Fine and Other Lies. Just love that title. Um, so hello, Catherine, and welcome, Megan. Hello. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. So today, ladies, we're talking about career post-baby. You know, no matter how passionate and dedicated we are to our jobs, there's no doubt that there are doubts when you, you know, how you'll feel about your work and after you've welcomed a bundle of new joy, isn't it, you know? Um, And those doubts really might come from your own internal questionings of whether you're capable or willing, you know, or whether you, you know, even like what you were doing before and want to go back to it. And also these questions can come from external sources as well. You know, our partners, our family, our managers, colleagues, clients, etc. And of course, we're all up against the stigma and false beliefs or even, you know, others past experience around parenthood um, about not having our capacity to give it our all once we have children. And Megan, your book is all about motherhood and the lies we tell ourselves and how we'll manage it all. Um, so I thought my first question is really to you. Tell us what prompted you to write your own story down and, you know, what are you hoping that other parents might learn from it? So I'm a freelance writer and when I've shared articles, little pieces of my story and whether that's to do with uh, my career path, whether that's to do with postnatal depression or anxiety, um, whatever it might be, every time I put a little bit of my personal story out into the world I receive so much support and other people feel like they've got so much support from those words as well it makes us all feel less alone in what we're doing because we so often um, will catch up with each other and say hi how are you oh I'm good how are you yes I'm good and we don't always get the chance to get into those deeper conversations So I think that when someone shares a part of their story, it's just really powerful. And so I've written this book about my experience with motherhood, my career as a mother, my postnatal depression, and learning how to to find hope in all of that and how to come through some of that stuff in the hope that it will just make make other mums feel less alone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, the reality is we know the statistics of, you know, one in five will suffer from postnatal depression. But I would say 100% of new parents, both actually women and men, would say that the shock of actually going from single life, if you like, or married life together to welcoming baby is the most, you know, significant thing that, you know, ever happened in their life and and that nothing quite prepared them for it and all of us have to go through some kind of adjustment to it and none of us are fine 
in that. You know, there's always going to be challenges, trials, tribulations, you know, and, you know, really that whole piece of self-doubt because no one gives you a manual and says, here's how to be a mother, here's how to be a father, um, you know, just do steps one, two and three and you'll be right. Mm. Um, you know, there's no handover like there is with our jobs when we're going on parental leave or we're coming back, we're lucky enough to get a handover. But Or when we're welcomed into a new employer, right, we get some kind of orientation and there's some kind of guide on how to do your job. Someone's probably done it before you and so on. And, and really there is instructions, right, on how to do it. Mm. But, you know, really for parenthood, it's really a set of instructions that any one of us can, oh. you know, pick up and run with and just know it'll be fine. No, no mm. there isn't. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? And you're right. So, we, you know, so many of us go from from a career where we have constant feedback and we have guidelines to follow and we, you know, there are rules involved and and steps and we step into parenthood. And I remember being horrified when I realised that every mother I knew was just making it up as she went along, just like I was. And I thought, how horrifying. We need some kind of goal or, we, you know, we need need some some steps. (laughs) It's crazy. Mm. And I know that, you know, Catherine, I'm going to bring you in here. You've been extremely vocal and active in walking the talk around ensuring that we have this conversation around that, you know, children are part of you and they're part of your career. They're not separate for you. You've found a way of integrating career and family life in a way that works for you. You know, your career has gone from strength to strength. You know, how have you made this happen, you know? What's your secret? I want to start bringing you into the conversation. What's your response? (laughs) Thanks, Emma. I'm so excited to learn a lot from you and Megan today. I think it's such an important topic. Um, I certainly struggled with my first child working out, or I guess leaving him um, and heading off to work. I found that really um, just jarring for me personally. Hormonally, I think I was altered a lot and I just didn't want to be apart from him. Um, And I just found that whole process really tough. So this time around, with the second baby, I've decided to integrate my work and baby much more. And so I'm doing a lot more work at home. I've got a nanny at home um, and I've got a, a great employer who lets me bring my baby to work for events such as this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, but I still feel like, you know, it's all trial and tribulation. And whenever people see me in the lobby that, how are you going or how are you doing this? And I just say, oh, you know, living the dream, <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> and most mums will laugh at me because they know exactly that, you know, it's each day can be a juggle quite literally as I stand here rocking baby Ray. But, um, yeah, look, it's working for me. And I guess I do feel very privileged that I've got firstly a job that allows me to have a baby present like it's not you know a factory type of arrangement or um it's not 100% client facing so I'm I'm lucky that I can bring him but I'm also really passionate about making sure that we break down the stigma of seeing children um in the city and in the workplace so um you know going Mm. going to buildings and asking them great where's your where's your breastfeeding room where's your um, nappy change table um I think we need to get a lot more a lot better as a society at welcoming children in the workplace. Mm. I'm glad you said that because I've I've really noticed, right? We how could we not have noticed that in the last, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, we've had these huge advancements in technology that means we can bring work home, right? It walks right in the front door. 
um, and it sits with us 24-7 in our home because of technology. And there's an acceptance that that's normal and that's okay and all of us are doing, I would say, some elements of work from home, right? Yet we have not seen in return the opposite you know, more children welcomed into workplaces. Um, that for, you know, to be a normal, you know, site that children might come and go um, around the workplace, a bit like how I know your role modelling with Raymond. So, Megan, tell us, you know, a bit more about your own story, you know, as, as this, as we start to challenge this. Have, you know, have your, as you say, a, a writer, a journalist, mm. um, you know, many of your experience would have been, you know, working from home. What, what's your view on your industry, your world around babies being welcomed in and how well do you see career and babies being integrated? Yeah, I've had two very different experiences with my two children. So before I was a writer, I worked um, as a human resources manager and I was doing that when I had my first baby uh, 10 years ago and that was so, my gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't even know the words for it, but I had very a very clear idea in my head of what what I wanted to do after having my baby, when I was pregnant and beforehand, um, and that I would be back at work full time. Um, and I was surrounded professionally in that corporate world um, by women who were doing that. Within a few months, they were back at work full time and everything just, you know, seemingly from, from our perspective went on as usual. And so I thought, well, I will do the same. And so it was very um life-changing to me to discover when I had my baby and I tried going back to work and and doing that that actually this is hard and this is and my employer doesn't you know wanted no part of knowing about <laughs> how hard it was or trying to work with flexibility with me or any of that and so it was a I would stay there full-time or I leave and that was that. Um, so, and that's how I came to be a writer because I went looking for a job that I could do that fit with my new sense of the the life I wanted to have. Um, and so, by the time I had my second child, four years later, um, I was writing and working for myself, and I just kept kept working. Um, and I would do, you know, interviews with people with, while holding my baby and just say, sorry, you might hear a baby in the background, but this is what we're doing. And everyone was so accepting of that. You see, that's great, isn't it? Because that's not necessarily everyone's experience. I've certainly heard, um, you know, lots of people say that they've tried to, you know, um, be doing just that, you know, have had to do that. Oh, I'm really sorry. I, I have the baby today, or I this, or I that, and mm -hmm. but I'm with baby, and actually, that has not gone down well. Whether it be their manager or others, and there's just been this, um, you know, uh, expectation. Can't you work that out? Now you're making that my problem, and so you know, we, we there is a slight, you know. Um, I would say 
you know, different response from society depending on, mm. you know, who it is that, you know, is, is judging us in that moment and whether it's a judging us and being accepting of that or judging us and not being accepting of it. And I, I think to Catherine's point, it's because really we haven't normalised children in in and part of the working world that, that we're, um, you know, that we're all contributing to and children really haven't been welcome. Yeah you know, in many cases, um, it, you know, we've had to sort out childcare independently and, you know, that's our personal problem. If we want to work, we've got to work it out and, uh, you know, come come to work and be ready to work and, you know, when you finish, you can go and do everything else. But the reality is, as we were just saying, work comes home with us all the time, 24-7 on our phone, phones and devices in general. So how do we actually start to, to have that conversation? Because I'm convinced that if we do work this out, this conundrum that we're in at the moment around juggling work and family returning to work and so on it's all just so so hard would be so much easier you know so in an ideal world you know what kind of you know if we had that level of acceptance what do you think would be different Catherine I'm going to throw that question to you first what would be different in workplaces if we had that kind of tolerance and acceptance that children were a normal part of working world? Well, I think there's two um, key benefits from this future world that I'm convinced will actually happen. Um, the first is I think the mental health of parents will be greatly improved because I think it's incredibly jarring for people to go from 100% full-time professionals to then being forced into a situation that they may or may not choose where they're actually um, doing their unpaid job, which is learning how to be a parent and being at home. And I'm, you know, a member of a number of playgroups and there's one such um, parent at the moment who has personal depression and she's trying to re-enter the workforce after a significant period off and everything's just accumulating into a really tough situation and environment. And I, I really feel for her because she is in a profession where she had to have extended leave she couldn't juggle like I'm doing um, and now her confidence has taken a boost but also she's really looking forward to going back to the workplace so I think that the main benefit will be around um, I think mental health for parents and the second thing is it's very clear the research is very clear on around the economics so um, you know the recent data which I've put in my book is, is billions of dollars improvement yearly to our economy if we can increase workforce participation of women so we know and and this is something that I'm living out at the moment with my clients I'm saying to them I know you want me to work for you now um, I've got a three month or four month old whatever it is um, so I would love to do X, Y, Z for you. The deal is that my baby will be with me because I'm not yet ready to part with my baby. And it's been really interesting because I had a construction client who was very concerned about the um, situation of my baby coming along to uh, quite a serious board meeting. And I said to him, look, every single person in that boardroom has a child bar one. Um, and I know that I can do my presentation. I know that if things happen, I'll be able to breastfeed and baby Ray will be fine. Let, let's just give it a go. Um, and I did, and I feel like I'm in a privileged position because I could kind of say to him, this is how it's going to happen if you want my services, and obviously not, not a lot of people can do that. But it was really great afterwards because he said to me, oh, you've really shown to me that this is possible and that that was absolutely fine and I'm sorry that I 
sort of doubted that situation. So I think it though that kind of scenario really proves those two points around mental health. I was you know, able to participate in a way that was right for me and my family. And number two, I was able to contribute to the economy by being there at that meeting because I was earning my salary. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that future because I think it will benefit so many people. Yeah, that, I agree. And I think fantastic, again, role modelling from you, Catherine, just being able to break down those assumptions and, you know, uh, um, stereotypes that, oh, this can't work, you know, so therefore we won't, um, and being able to challenge that and, and to see in here a different outcome. I want to come back to this piece, uh, this link around good mental health and work and bring you in here, Megan. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been lots of research to suggest that Good mental health is linked to our work, right? And our the, what we identify as our work, how we contribute in that, the meaning we find in it. But it also contributes to bad mental health. We know that too. Um, you know, I, it's almost my question to you is to what extent were you able to, you know, link or identify your identity as a worker, a professional with what you do, you know, with feeling good? as a mother, feeling well and healthy as a mother? What, what was the link for you? Mm. So I think it's really, as Catherine said, it's really tricky to go from completely being a mother to completely being at work and then back and then back. It's very jarring. I really noticed that when I had my second child and I was able to keep working and I think what people don't realize so often is that you can do both just as Catherine's showing and just as you know someone like Jacinda Ardern is is showing as well you know you you can do both and you can combine both um and I've been able to do that since I became a writer you know whether that's you know juggling a baby or doing things in 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 nap times or going to the park so that they're happy and and playing and getting some work done at the same time it's absolutely, it's absolutely possible and it's absolutely been really good for my mental health to be able to do that because there's this part of me that wants so desperately to be a mother and be with my children. There's this part of me that desperately loves my career and needs that in order to be a happy, well-rounded person. So to combine those is just so valuable. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then, and then there's also literally just the financials where, yeah. where many of us have to. You know, that's the reality. Um, what do you think is needed, Megan, this question for you too, in, if we can do both, which, you know, as you quite rightly said, Jacinta Arden's doing a great <laughs> role modelling of that right now. Um, although some would argue, well, she can because her mm. you know, partner's at home mm. after the baby, right? Someone's at home. Um, but what do you think we need, um, you know, as parents, not just as mothers, but as parents to be able to combine both work and parenthood and feel like we're succeeding at both? I think it takes a lot of understanding from a lot of education towards employers that it's just not the case that the nine to five, and I know that is breaking down in some ways and with so, some employers are so great at understanding that 
you don't have to be there from nine to five or eight till six or whatever it turns out to be in order to be productive. So employers really need to start understanding that there are different ways to work now because there are still so many that are stuck in that mindset. Yeah, so nine to five has to be challenged. Couldn't agree with you more. Catherine, what do you think needs to be challenged? What do we need? It's so hard because what is going to be right for different people will differ so much and even from month to month things change. But I think some kind of understanding around the different childcare options that are available. So, for instance, One Roof is a co-working space and they've just partnered with Nanager to make sure that there's a nanny on site if women want to work there and bring their children and have care. Now, that's quite revolutionary. A lot of um, other officers that want to do this have to sort of look at the tight regulations around childcare and we all know how expensive childcare situations are when you go to a childcare centre. So the other option, obviously, that I'm utilising is the au pair option and um, my employer has been really fantastic at making sure that my um au pair is welcome in our office and looking at the facilities that can be improved for me to have my child here. Um, But I just think it's so different depending on different people. So I think employers um, are going to have to be a lot more flexible about what is, um, you know, right for that individual and and being able to check in with people. And I appreciate that that gets tougher the bigger your organisation is because you're looking at making sure that everyone gets, you know, parity of treatment and um, certain KPIs are being performed. So, um, yeah, I think it's a a challenge, but I think we we just need to keep working and having that open communication with our our workers to make sure that, as I said, we're getting that economic benefit from having more women in the workplace and and obviously having both both parents being able to work flexibly Um, and then also making sure that the health of our employees is okay because then obviously that'll mean that there's less time away from the workforce as well. So they're some of the external factors at play, right? They're the kind of um, answers that you would consider um, would be needed, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think anyone would disagree with those external needs. Those kind of things would need to be lined up. What about the internal needs? Because how much of this can we do both, you know, be a good parent and and succeed at that and um, be the professional we want to be, is actually tied, I think, to self-doubt and whether we in fact believe that we can do it. And so, you know, because I know when I look at people um, who enter with a belief, a strong belief system back into work that, you know what, I'm going to work this out because I absolutely love doing what I do, love family, and I just trust that I'm going to work this out and I will find a way to do this as best I can because I've got a fundamental belief, a positive mindset that I'm going to make this possible. And it's, But I know it will have some challenges, but fundamentally I, I do believe that I can do this. You know, how much does that play a part, do you think, Catherine, from your perspective? Oh, yeah, I think you're so, I mean, as always, Emma, I always learn so much from you and I love when you sum things up. I think that that is so crucial. And and again, I think this comes back to expectations, right? Like if we as um, working parents, and 
dare I say it, mothers, because, you know, 99% of our parent groups are still women, but we do sort of go into parenthood with certain expectations and certain ideals about, okay, I'm going to be the stay-at-home parent or I'm the one that's going to work part-time or reduced hours. Um, So, yeah, the starting point is, you know, (laughs) conception, falling pregnant, having those discussions with our partner, but then also what gets reinforced with our family members. The amount of times that, you know, I've said, People said, how, oh, what are you doing? You're already back at work. And so actually I didn't take any time off because this is how I'm doing it. And like, what do you mean you didn't take any time off? That's crazy. And then having to defend yourself to, you know, the loved ones that you look up to is really tough. So I, I agree with you. And if we can sort of support those people that want to do things differently and also, I guess, acknowledge the hard work that is put in by parents that don't want to return to work because I think that unpaid work in the home um, is just, I find it incredible that what what people do when they're at home full time, um, and I think that we need to try and um, work out how we can better support people that are um, within our community, whether that's in our workplaces, whether that's in our in our homes, within our playgroups, within our libraries. Um, yeah, I think that internal stuff is is really crucial. And um, Megan's work can obviously around postnatal depression is fantastic because um, we do need to support parents much better in relation to that and um, particularly I think for um, both women and men we need to break down the stigma of talking about how we're feeling and not just saying I'm fine (laughs) let's just get on with it. Mm, mm. So same question to you Megan you know Mm. how much of this is about belief I can do this you know and I'm going to I'm going to find a way to make it work because I fundamentally want to do both so what what's your thought on that absolutely it's tough and certainly in my book I I follow a real narrative of this um critical inner voice that some of us have and so we have this these stories that we tell ourselves about who we are what we can and can't do um, certainly not everyone's inner voice is highly critical, um, but when you when that does creep in, and when it when it ramps up, certainly as as things feel really challenging and tough, that can that feeling can really ramp up, and we start to doubt ourselves quite a lot, um, and certainly in the in that that picture of being new parents and everything's so new you start questioning what can I do um can I make this work it's it's really tough and it is tough to make it a reality as much as you know we can sit here and say it's great to be able to combine work and family that's really tough too you know there's there's no perfect answer but it's just that constant I guess questioning ourselves and being I think being kind with ourselves that hey I am doing something tricky here and I need to recognise that and just take it a step at a time. Yeah, I've recently made friends with a, um, with a dad at a playground and it's been really interesting analysing the different discussions that we have. Mm. And, and look, there's heaps of similarities between my mother friends and my dad friends. But it's funny because one of the mothers that was near us said to me something like, you know, how are you doing it? But how? And my dad friend commented afterwards and said, it's funny, isn't it? Because 
you're not thinking about how you're doing it because you're just doing it and you know that it's not a question mark. You just have to do it. And he feels that too because he has to be the stay-at-home dad and his wife has to go to work. So it's sort of like he got it and he, he saw me struggle when I answered the question, you know, how are you doing it? I was sort of like, do you want the logistics? Do you want to know my work hours? Do you want to know what my boss is saying? Like, I didn't really know how to how to respond. And afterwards, when he said that to me, I thought, yeah, that's so true. Like, if if I have that mindset, which I do, which is I've just got to do it, um, then sort of so much falls away and you just focus on day-to-day, you know, the rosters and who you have to get in place where and, and you know, making the sandwiches at 6am and having the dinner done by 7am and, um, you know, you just sort of focus on getting it done as opposed to questioning it. And I think that is part of the mindset that, um, that Emma's, you know, referring to um, that can really help. Yeah, and it's not just about, you know, got to do it. I mean, that's... It, that's part of it of course we all you know I had the same questions asked over and over of me when I had twins you know how are you doing it twins oh my goodness you know Mm. and my answer was always like yeah I just have to (laughs) (laughs) can't hand one back (laughs) you know um so (laughs) you know so yes there's an element of having to get on with it Mm. and and I think that's that you know roll up sleeves get on with it but I know what helps me manage it all is that I'm doing something I want to be doing. No one wants to go back to work to a job they don't get personal satisfaction from or enough personal satisfaction from because, frankly, it is very tiresome and laborious if we find that we're not getting energy and joy from our work and then we have to go home and do this job of parenting as well that'd be brutal. And yet, you know, a lot of us do, I do see a lot of people putting up with that and, you know, tolerating their situation because, you know, they're just getting on with it. And so I do think it is important that, um, you know, we do reflect and say, you know, how much am I joy and energy am I getting from what I'm doing? And if I'm not getting enough on a regular basis, then why am I here? And, you know, what, should I be doing about it? And I think sometimes when that question is asked by mothers, particularly those returning to work, if they haven't done sufficient enough reflection around that and they ask themselves that question, you know, what am I doing here? Um, And the answer is not a positive one. It's like, oh, it's all or nothing. Oh, I must resign then, you know, Um, and I'm going to leave the workplace. I thought this was going to be hard and here it is. I've just had that proved and boom, you know, I'm out. And instead of saying, right, okay, well, what would give me more joy and energy? What would I like to be doing? As opposed to, um, you know, calling it quits. And, uh, yeah, I just see a lot of people um, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, (laughs) and walk right out that employment door without really enough self-reflection around what would I be doing that would give me more joy from from my work. Mm -hmm. That's such an awesome question, Emma, and I think like if we can start building up resilience in our young people as well as our co-workers, then that is really going to help that. Just, you know, look at work. When we try something, we've got to do the 10,000 hours before we're going to perfect that, and I've Mm. really found that with parenting. I certainly haven't enjoyed all elements of it, Um, (laughs) particularly craft and playgroup and music. Oh, my goodness. It's, you know, it's like learning a whole new job again, Um, and the same thing with 
then learning how to juggle work with parenting. I think if we say to ourselves, it's okay that we don't have it perfect when we return to work and we don't head home and be a perfect parent, we're still just trying to work it out, then maybe we'll stick at it for a bit longer and try out different options and learn that it's not going to be all or nothing, that there are lots of Mm. um, grey areas and intermediate steps that you can take. Mm. Yes, well, Megan, you, you've certainly shown us that it's not all or nothing. You know, you have reinvented yourself, really, your career, uh, haven't you, from going yeah. from HR, you know, into freelance writer and really adapting your career mm. as your family has grown um, and responded to that. You know, final thoughts and comments from, from you. Absolutely. I think, look, I think career decisions, when I look at, at my family, um, before we had our children, my husband and I would make career decisions, you know, really quickly. Um, what We'd check in with each other. What do you think about me doing this? I'm going to change this job. Um, it's going to be a lower income, but you've just had a pay rise. We can work through that for a while. We can pay all the bills. Okay, done. I'll do that. What do you think about me going and, and studying this or changing the course that I'm doing here? Yeah, that sounds like it could be a reasonable idea. Let's do that. But career decisions when you have kids hold a lot more weight to them. So all of a sudden there's so many different factors in play, isn't there? Well, who's going to be available to do the school pickup then? Who's going to do this? Can we cover all of these extra bills? And so, yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one, but it's totally doable. We just need to stay, you know, stay together and, like you say, reflect often on what we're doing and how it's working for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Just uh, there is so many more weighty and meaty decisions to be made around career post-baby without a doubt. You know, what can we afford? You know, what's possible? What isn't? And, and so it does feel like, oh, the decision you're going to make, whether it be to take a promotion or not or to move jobs or not, is going to have these ongoing flow of, mm. you know, potential dire consequences if we get it wrong. Mm. Um, but, like, and, and frankly, the same thing happens around personal decision-making too, buying a house, for example, mm. once we've had children. So they all feel like these, they've got these 30-year-plus, you know, potential ramifications if we, if we get it wrong. Um, but the point is that, you know, we do have the potential. We're still allowed to change our mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I always remind people of, you know, when – and I. Just think about this even when I started my business um, I was pretty young in my career at the time and you know uh, I would have been part of that first era of young female entrepreneurs um, going out on their own leaving the corporate career it just wasn't really done at the time that I was um, doing it and I remember a couple of people you know really questioning me around that at the time because you know it would have been potentially a lot easier just to continue down the corporate path I was going down um, and I said, you know what, if it doesn't work, it's okay. I can always go and get a job. Mm. I get another job. Yeah. Right? And so how can we say this to ourselves around it's okay. If this doesn't work, I can always change it. I can always get another job, you know, because it's true. 
And yet so many of us feel that um, sometimes these decisions feel so enormous at the time that, you know, if we if we put one step wrong, we won't possibly or can't possibly rectify it. And it's just not true. So, you know, how we can challenge ourselves on some of those things when we feel like they might be becoming that really noisy inner voice that's not helping, um, I think is well worth, you know, just bearing in mind, as they say. Mm. So as we wrap up this conversation today, thank you both very much for your your thoughts and insights on it. I wonder, final tips from you, Megan, a couple of one-liners you want to leave people with around thinking about returning to work, um, particularly after um, having a baby and and that you might have been suffering from some kind of postnatal depression or anxiety. Yeah, I think... Um, be kind to yourself Um, always be kind to yourself and um, what else and don't don't compare yourself to others I think that's a big trap sometimes that is seeing the external of what others are doing and think they're doing it so easily they're holding it all together try not to compare yourself with that because you're not seeing, you're certainly not seeing every part of it if that's your perception of a working parent. I agree. You know, never compare yourself, but you can always learn from others, can't you? That's true. Yes. <laughs> I yes. Love it. Um, but, uh, and final thoughts from you, Catherine. Um, the thing that I learned returning to work was that I am not the same person, so it took me a while to get my head around that. Like when I was returning to work for the first time, I was returning as a different person. And, and I think that that's something that's really worth exploring and acknowledging and working out, is this different person now suited to this current workplace or to the plan that you'd put in place? And is the employer or that that work, is it, does it have the same meaning to you? And as you said, Emma, to try and work out if yes, fantastic, proceed. If no, what are the small, very small changes that you can make that will drastically improve your life rather than thinking about the drastic changes that you need to make to make small changes in your life? Because I coach a lot of women who want to take that redundancy offer or they want to just quit and walk away. And I think it can be very dangerous being unemployed, then trying to recreate your career while you're at home with a baby so I think you know just having a think about the the small incremental changes you can make to have drastic improvements as opposed to the drastic changes that you're going to make um, to have small improvements. Great fine suggestions and and I think you know great place to finish up today but I just wanted to say um, thank you to you both particularly for you Megan for joining us and a final reminder that I'm fine and other lies book Um, will be out this month so um, please look out for it and thank you again Catherine and Megan for joining me today thank you thank you both thanks so much Emma